of Mr. Nice Guy. I'm Ben Slowey and today on the show uh, I have uh, my good friend who I haven't seen since the beach uh, <laughs> on the 4th of July um, and it's really good to see her. Um, I have my friend, she's an artist, she's a model, uh, she's been a DJ before, so Stephanie Valverde, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. You're welcome. How are you? <laughs> Good, good. Yeah, a little cold. Outside. It is cold. It's fucking freezing, actually. Yeah. Like, com I mean, not compared to how it will be, but compared to how it has been, it is really. It's probably the coldest day so far at the season. Oh yeah, definitely. It kind of goes back between a little bit of rain and a ton of sunshine. All of a sudden, you you're out with like five sweaters on. Yeah, damn. <laughs> I know. Like even yesterday, like it was a really nice day, but then. But it was still like only like 50 degrees oh, out. Yeah. And I yeah. was like, I, only, I was wearing my crew neck, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, but it's like that wasn't even really enough. Yeah. I was like, I could have, I had to bust the North Face out last night. <laughs> um, but yeah. I like your scarf. Oh, thanks. Thanks. A little, little shawl there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, so uh, what are you uh, doing now? What's What's been up with you as of late? Yeah, um,. So I'm in my still working in my first full-time job ever. It's been um, a lot of hard work. I mean, obviously very different. Before I used to work like four jobs at a time, so yeah. definitely full-time. But you know, it's a little bit of a different vibe when mm -hmm. you're doing like one thing and concentrating yeah. on that one thing. So that's been keeping me mostly busy. Mm -hmm. And what are you doing? Um, I'm display design for Steinhoffels in Waukesha. Um, we basically create these vignettes with all the products that we have in the store. Um, I work at the headquarters location, so it's like the biggest and craziest one. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so yeah, we do anything from lighting to uh, picking which furniture we're going to put in you know, a certain area or um, accessories and stuff like that. <laughs> mm -hmm. Sure, so there's like some interior design type. Yeah, basically. Stuff. Yeah, cool. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, what is uh, what is it teaching you uh, personally about your own sense of like style and concept and whatnot? Yeah, um, I've always been really drawn to like this element of composition, even if it's like in physical things or just like in your life. I, I like seeing the relationship between two things, um, either physically next to each other or like two different periods of time kind of crossing sometimes, mm. if, if you know what I mean. Oh like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and stuff like that. So. I don't know, lately it's been um, making me think a lot about like what it means to be like your age in the area that you're in and like in the career path that mm -hmm. you're in and a lot of follow-up questions with that for myself, <laughs> insights, so yeah. I think you, it, like uh, we get a lot of that even like uh, in like cities with architecture, like, like in Milwaukee for example there's um, there's a lot of really very old buildings that yes. are still standing that are very intricately designed mm -hmm. um, you know using you know much older like German style architecture and whatever but then there's also these all these like modern and new and yeah. um, also very tall buildings that are 
being constructed amongst them. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of cool, like, when cities just have, like, uh, it's like a, it's a mixture of modern, but also um, more retro and also just, you know, completely his very historical Gothic-y. yeah yeah uh it's kind of cool the way sort of what you're saying like uh different time periods mesh together yeah you know but they all kind of contribute they all have like the same value and what they contribute to like what the city looks like which is you know what people know it as now exactly it's funny you mentioned that actually because the first the first time I ever moved to Wisconsin, um, that's the first thing I, I noticed basically about Milwaukee, like the architecture. Mm-hmm. Actually, Wisconsin in general, but to me it was so crazy to walk by somewhere and see this like really old traditional type of building, and then right next to it have like this really modern slick, yeah. and it's they're touching like they're right yeah, next yeah. to each other, and just to to be a person that just walks through those like time periods is crazy to me. Oh my god, yeah, totally. Mm. Have you ever been to the House on the Rock? I have not. Uh, Sounds familiar though. Oh yeah, it's a tourist uh, tourist attraction. Uh, Like, it's in Spring Green, which is like west of Madison. Um, So it's like a couple hours away from here, but it is like one of the most bizarre uh, uh, facilities slash um, attractions I've ever seen. Like, I mean, it's like the 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 whole idea is this guy I forget what his name was but he was like a collector of he collected a lot of really odd things um, he also like um, was he built a lot of things like he actually built um, his house like within this in this like rock structure mm-hmm. um, so like basically the entire thing is like what was once his house and like where he lived like where you know he was thriving and curating like uh all these um you know different uh really odd artifacts like and like the halfway point like as you're walking through it there's like like a little like pizza shop and it's like you know it's it's kind of it's wild like what how people turn unusual um, you know, old or, you know, th- things from generations before our time and they turn it into something that's like has functional value to this day. So like mm-hmm. a restaurant inside of this like tourist attraction that was once just a rock yeah. is just really fucking cool. People, mm-hmm. it's just like, I don't know, it, it, it just really speaks to how like just the whole concept of place, you know, mm-hmm. and just what it meant before versus what it means now. Yeah, definitely. And just all the different types of people that, like you know, different time periods that just pass by the same place. And like over time, I just wish somebody could just keep a what do, what do you call that um, time lapse right, camera yeah. just running, watching how all of this is transpiring. Oh yeah, years, years as years on end and everything. Yeah, yeah. That would be super cool. They'll do that. I'm sure they've already got some cameras going now in, in different parts of the world. But yeah, I saw like uh, old Milwaukee. Like uh, I'm in a Facebook group. It's like old. It's called Old Milwaukee, and it's just like pictures of like historical pictures of like uh, different Milwaukee streets and places in town and whatnot. And 
there was a picture that came up of uh, uh, Kenwood and uh, Oakland, uh, mm-hmm. right over here on the east side, which is where like Qdoba and the Noodles are. College. <laughs> right, yeah, right. But in it was like from 1977, mm-hmm. and back then there was like a McDonald's, yeah, and it was a like uh, a pancake house, and it was just you know you just wouldn't guess it being the same corner it is now. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, like I, I and like. The same thing with like, uh, like back home uh, in Illinois. Like, so my parents like we live on like a major street, and um, it's like so. My parents ran a family business. It was a greenhouse, and there was this lot next to our house that was once just like you know, it's just like you know, woods and you know, grass and just it was, um, you know, just a empty lot, um, and. Uh, now it's where that space is, and that, that was what it looked like for like the first like, you know, 12, 13 years of my life. Yeah. And then now, when I was in like eighth grade, now there's a, like a huge uh, strip mall there. And when I look at old pictures, I'm like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> holy shit. Do you ever like, feel, um, I don't know, nostalgic, I guess maybe, oh, but yeah. also like reminiscent of? Yeah, yeah. I, I kind of miss the way it used to look. You know, it's like, not damn, now of course, like, business had to, like, move in and, yeah. and fucking, like, you know, ruin the, like, you know, the the nature and the, the habitat that was there for, like, the animals that, you know, lived there. Yeah. Um, like, our fucking bird feeders had to go because of it. Um, that natural, like... I guess it sounds weird to say natural lifestyle, but like compare, you know, having the bird feeders, like you said, and all of this very earthy stuff versus like the shopping mall. Yeah, right. Such a different lifestyle that it creates after that. The herb, like as urban development and, mm-hmm. you know, like, yeah, like I look at old pictures and I'm like, whole, like I remember when it used to look like this. And yeah, I don't know. It's just cool the way places transform over time. I don't know. But yeah. I, I always love that topic. Um, I'm not sure if you remember, but I was born in Venezuela. Sure. And then Colombia and Ecuador, and then Florida and then Wisconsin. I actually did not know that. Oh, there you go. Wow, I didn't know you moved around so much. Yeah, um, the, thir- the first three countries were like for the first six years of my life. Okay. Um, but just talking about place and stuff like and memories and things like that. Um, I remember after six years old growing up and thinking like, oh my God, I'm sort of really envious of people that, um, for example, can, like if they stay in a place for a large period of their time and then are able to visit their elementary school or something. Mm-hmm. And like, oh yeah, that's that's where I went or whatever. And for me, it was always like this research-based type life because I, I always wondered like, man, like how, how would that feel or what would that do to your like growth and stuff like that? to be able to walk through those same places where you were younger, this little Mm -hmm. thing, or not, you know, by choice or not by choice. Because, you know, Venezuela is a wreck. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, that's always been a really interesting thing to me. Yeah, Um, yeah, like, um, so have you gone back? Oh, no, Uh, at least not to Venezuela. I'm actually going to Ecuador pretty soon. Oh, cool. Yeah. Very nice. (laughs) Um, Yeah, like, will you be, when you go back, will you be... Uh, for for one, do you have memories? 
back then? So many, which is weird because okay. Venezuela, I think in total, I've only been there. I only I was only there for like a few months mm-hmm. in total. Wow. So I was a baby and stuff like that. But I yeah. swear, I have like all these memories. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Um, well, hey, that's youth. gifted memory. <laughs> I mean, I still have memories from like around that time too. Definitely like looking at old picture albums kind of helps me... Uh, sort of re helps them resurface more you know but um but are you going to be visiting you know old places that you used to that you remember when you were so young uh in ecuador yeah um i hope so maybe (laughs) that'll be an interesting Um, little experiment seeing how you feel like if you do like if you remember a certain place or you know that time you know when you were just a little kid and uh, Mm -hmm. seeing how that place might look now and compared to how you remember it that will that's always a really like uh it's just always really weird because it just sort of warps your whole concept of like what that place used to be you know definitely meta memory and all that stuff mm-hmm. even now wisconsin I, I think i've only been here like three or four years and i still kind of drive around places i used to be a long time ago and Every once in a while, I notice like my my feelings and my perspective on it change so much. I'm like, I'm growing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know. Right. Yeah. It totally does. Um, mm-hmm. I love to go, uh, you know, walk by like old childhood, uh, like places I used to play. Like um, I used to, I, whenever I would go home, like I always try to like go on a walk and like sort of. You know, just see or be back in that space where, you know, I used to, you know, where I spent my childhood. So, like, um, like I'll walk by my old elementary school. And actually, like, uh, two months ago, I went back home for a weekend. And I walked, you know, by the playground that, like, I used to play at. And it was, like, during the week. And it was in a, like, it was during a school day. So, there are kids there. There are classes of, you know, like kindergartners, first graders are playing at the little playground I used to play at, at Heather Hill Elementary School in Flossum, <laughs> Illinois. But, like, I was like, holy fuck, like, I used to play here, you know, yeah. like, I, this was, like, where I, like, uh, you know, you know, I had friends, I used to play tag, played hide and seek, run around, and, like, um, you know, I'd get in trouble and uh, I'd have to sit out like at recess and like like <laughs> wow and, like those class I haven't even I mean I haven't even walked been able to walk in the school I mean it'd be weird because I'm a grown <laughs> man now like walking in some elementary school but yeah uh, but like I haven't even like walked into like my old classrooms to see what that would be like which I've always thought would be interesting but like um, and then like I would visit my old like uh, JCC that was by my house where like I used to go to uh, Jewish Community Center so where I went to preschool where I went to summer camp every year up until I was in eighth grade like I've walked through there too and like it's just it's so different now like now that's now that JCC is like pretty much vacant um, and it's like because it like is like bankrupt now and I think it's only ironically it's used for like a Sunday like church service and then uh, 
and it's like this is just this is where like this was what my world was this is as big as my world was yeah isn't that crazy you know how you like you're so much older and like bigger and you mm -hmm. walk somewhere like, i swear that was larger than it is yeah now. yeah and now it's like wow that was like a span of like 50 <laughs> feet and i couldn't go any farther yeah yeah, yeah like i uh and i was just thinking now it's like wow like I, i'm not, like i don't it didn't seem how small I was yeah. when I was playing at that playground yeah. and whatnot, um, or when I was swimming in the pool, and it, like I was that—that that was me. That was me. That kid. That like that carefree like kid, like with all this wonder. And now I'm this grown ass man, <laughs> like with a job and with a lot of college debt, and I'm, you know, like uh, so yeah. I'm growing a beard, and I'm just I'm a fucking I'm like a grown ass man. I don't feel like it. You know, it still doesn't. You when you traverse through those like old childhood memories, it's like yeah. you want like it. Just you don't feel. You just reconnect with it in such a surreal way. Um. So hearing you talk about, you know, when you were little and in the playground and stuff like mm -hmm. that, and just how you're like. To me, you look like you're glowing a little bit just because I think when you're a child, like things, you know, are very simple sometimes, mm -hmm. sometimes. Um, and it makes me think about this whole thing that a bunch of professors and like community members a couple years ago were talking about the concept of play, specifically in the adult world. Like, you mm -hmm. know how we forget to play, I guess, yeah. in some ways. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like everything's right. super serious all the time. And, like, yeah. How freeing and I don't know, it just like... Sometimes it helps you think more clearly when, as a grown person, you let loose a little bit, mm -hmm. you know? Like, what do you think of that concept? Um, I think about it a lot. Uh, I, um, I think it's reflected a lot in some of my hobbies and how much I immerse myself in them. Like, I'm a very, like, immersive person, so, like, if, um... So like um, I if I like I'll, if I'm watching a movie like I'll get really into that movie and I'll just think very like critically and emotionally about what's going on and about the characters um, and then same it's also reflected in like the movie or uh, excuse me the music I listen to like mm -hmm. I'll become very like emotionally immersed in you know the thoughts and the imagery and the feelings yeah. I get when I'm listening to music like. Yeah. I feel like that's sort of my, that childlike wonder still, mm -hmm. like, speaking to me in the way it does as an adult. Yeah. Um, I'm, you know, I'm very curious. Um, my voice cracked. Um, <laughs> um, I'm very, I'm a very curious person. I'm a very, like, I'm very interested in a lot of things in life, and I always kind of have been. Um, when I was little, like, I feel like I played in kind of, like, a unique way. Like, I mean, I played... You know with my friends like on the playground just like anyone else but when I was by but like outside of school I kind of kept to myself a lot and like I would close off the world and kind of just be in a world of my own like a fantasy of sorts and like I just played with myself and I would just I would entertain myself for hours um, <laughs> I would create just entire like worlds with my own mind and like just lose myself in that just I, I would you know, I would, uh, it was hard for me to be bored as a kid. Um, I would, I like had ideas for like video games that like, cause I would play a lot of video games too. And like I had ideas of like video games that like, 
um, I would imagine in my mind and I'd pretend to, like to be in them <laughs> in my yard. And I did that, you know, like well into my childhood and like, um, so I had a very versatile imagination and it was a true gift. Uh, as you go, it's funny cause I really like, uh, like distance myself from that. Like when I was like in like, you know, going into like my teen years and, and going through puberty and high school and dealing with, you know, all the angst <laughs> and shit. Things. Yeah. Right. Uh, I, I was very, I would, I was actually pretty insecure about the fact that I was so different in that sense where like I was, I felt like I just had a lot of weird, um, imaginative, uh, qualities compared to like other kids. I just thought I was super like different from everyone else. And I was kind of insecure about it for a long time, but growing up and now actually like doing this, I'm starting to sort of re-embrace that. Mm -hmm. Um, embrace it in such a way that I can use it to my advantage in pursuing my passions and also just using that imagination that I've always had that, you know, gifted me as a kid to, you know, entertain myself so much and be so full of like wonder and just ex in excitement in a very eccentric way. Like I do that now, um, with the things I'm involved in, I think it's really suited me really well. So yeah. I think that in that, like I, I lost it for a while, but I found it again as I grew up. Um, it's so special to bring it back yeah. to you and remember that a lot of people, I feel like lose themselves a little bit or for a long time. Well, they're taught to, they're definitely taught to, like, I think that they're just taught to not, they're taught that there's a way to behave and there's yeah. a way to succeed mm -hmm. and there's all, plenty of other ways not to. Yeah, and if you, right. And you kind of have to conform to a standard mm -hmm. if you want to be like accepted or if you want to be successful in whatever job it is you do. And like, you know, a, a lot of people just lose that, you know, they don't, they don't connect with it again. But I think some of the greatest and most creative and inspiring people like in this world are just naturally eccentric and they're just yeah, fascinating to watch. The oh yeah. And it's, be and it's because they never lost that or yeah. at least they, you know, push through all that. Yeah. Or at least they found it and embraced it rather than like, ran away from it, you know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. How about you? Um, yeah, I, I think it's always um, really funny when, I guess personally, I like, kind of like you, have these, okay, this is something weird about me. Sure, go ahead. <laughs> um, especially when I'm with like my closest friends, so let's say we're walking down a block or whatever and they say something, I, for some reason, it just like sticks with me and I, in like, a minute I have this entire film already for oh, like wow. this one thing they said and I pull from like the area we're in and a bunch of places that I've been in before and then this one time my friend caught me like dude you're just like staring up are you okay like you're just like staring up yeah. and I'm like oh yeah and I was like oh fine I'll tell you so and I told them this whole thing and they were like you thought of that and like you how did where did that come from and I'm like I don't know I'm weird yeah <laughs> But that, that's the thing I think that's helped me um, go really deep into the art industry and like try and be brave with my weirdness <laughs> and try mm -hmm. and just like 
like you said, embrace it because yeah. I mean that's what speaks to you. When you were talking about um, all the different like jobs, I guess that you're in and all the all the roles that you play, I was thinking of Cloud Atlas. Like this, okay. it's a movie. Yeah. I mean, you've heard of it. I haven't seen it, but I've heard of it. Yeah. I absolutely love that movie. Okay, I'll watch it. <laughs> you have to definitely. Yeah, and I, I remember the first time I saw it for. Just the movie, the aesthetics, the action, whatever, the plot. Mm -hmm. The second time I saw it for the soundtrack, and my goodness, like it has one of the most beautiful soundtracks I've ever heard. Wow. It's so amazing. I, I always really fall deep into it, and I'm mm -hmm. just like <laughs> yeah. in it. And then the third time was to kind of, I like analyzing things, so it was like to try and really understand like why they made this plot the way they did. Because mm -hmm. it's a back and forth movie, like yeah. inside it, you know, it um, changes like periods of time and stuff like that. But. Sure, yeah, cool. Yeah, um, like, yeah, and I mean, filmmakers do that all the time. You know, they kind of have to retain that that qual that uh, sense of wonder that they had as a kid because, you know, if you want to make a really artful and uh, interpretive and, you know, just... Uh, intelligent. Intelligent, yeah, like, like, you have yeah. to, you do have to, like, do exactly what you were doing. You yeah. just kind of have to have that, that um, sort of instinct, you know, mm -hmm. that, um, that you're able to, uh, to convey through a motion picture. And that's, I think that's really fucking awesome that you were, you know, <laughs> that you had that, that quality of, of like just sort of imagining it on the spot. And that's, I think that that is like, um, you know how like photographers, like, you know, when they're also, when they come across like a really scenic uh, patch of nature or something that they think is just really beautiful and pretty in a really esoteric way that they can't even necessarily articulate, but they just really want to take a picture of it. Yeah. Or they think about a cool effect that would go over it or, you know, and people have it in much more minimized ways, like in everyday life. Like you think about your uh, cool Instagram picture, <laughs> you think about yourself like posing in a picture, or you think about something that you want to just share with the rest of the world. And it's because it's like that's sort of that that instinct that you just connect with a picture or um, a place, or you're just finding some kind of deepness to it. Um, and I don't know, like, I, I, I think that that's, even though it's weird, it <laughs> sounds weird when you're, like, talking about it, but really that is just, you know, you being really imaginative. <laughs> and when I think of some of the coolest filmmakers, like, David Lynch is, like, one of my favorite filmmakers, and, like, um, and Terry Gilliam's another one of my favorites as well. Um, everyone likes Tim Burton. Tim yeah. Burton is makes oh, yeah. some really fucking weird movies, but I love them. <laughs> right. Well, it's like you, uh, you know, they have like a very like uh, certain like uh, surreal or dark or otherwise just like fantasy driven uh, way of creating a film, and uh, fuck it's and you know that's something that they're not afraid to do. You know, mm -hmm. they're not afraid of being weird in order to create a really awesome film. And the, the thing is, is, like, most people are going to, like, people are going to really, like, respect that and look up to you for doing that. Yeah. I mean, I, um, well, it's going to be really bad seeing as I'm in the art industry, but, like, 
I forgot who was Picasso. Picasso? <laughs> One of them. Sure. <laughs> um, yeah. Wow, I can't remember this point. At first, he was, I mean, most of them actually were ridiculed. Like, some of the best artists we know. Yeah. yeah. All of them were heavily ridiculed and got sometimes even threatened because they were trying to push this unorthodox way of showing this perspective in paintings. Um, and then now we like praise them and have mm -hmm. them in totes and mugs and t-shirts. Right. Oh my God. Then. Movies are made about their lives. Jeez. Yeah. yeah. Think about Galileo, you know, mm -hmm. when he discovered like, you know, the moons and like the craters on the moon and like the way like the earth and the planets revolve around the sun versus like where the church was teaching people at the time that everything revolved around the earth. Like... And he was, like, ostracized by society, and people told him that he was wrong. People were threatened to, like, you know, put him to death and stuff because he was telling them something that they didn't know or that they weren't were familiar with, that they were afraid of. I exactly. love this topic. You said oh, yeah. this was going to be love and fear and definitely hitting all those claims. Oh, yeah. Well, people fear the unknown, or people yeah. fear what they're just... They fear what they are not familiar with, mm -hmm. um, or at least they're apprehensive about it. Yeah. They like they're just in the same way we like to stick to routine. Human beings just like routine. They we crave structure. Uh, we crave just a, we have a sense of comfort comfort when we're sticking to what we are familiar with, what yeah. we know, what you know, just what's within our bounds, and people are afraid of going out of their comfort zone just by na nature, you know? Even with cars, I remember when they were first making yeah, cars, cars, they yeah. were so afraid, like, well, isn't that going to cause a lot of dangerous, you know, like, accidents? Which they do. That? Which they do. Which they do. Yeah. But it's helped us achieve a lot of the things we have in the yeah. world. Communication, primarily. Jeez, right. like, oh society, God, yeah. different societies and stuff like that, like, yeah, so. Yeah, like... Yeah. This, and that's why also movies and music and other mediums of, of uh, you know, media, like, they develop cult followings because of that. Like, yeah. there's albums that polarized critics that got very mixed perceptions when they first came out, mm -hmm. but now they're being lauded as, like, you know, way ahead of their time as being incredibly, like, Historical that just changed the face of music and what the you know what the boundaries were with that. Same with movies. Well, you know? Bohemian Rhapsody, yeah. like that was I don't and and the movie, <laughs> but they're you know like how could you have a what is it six seven minutes something like that out in the radio for people right. to hear like for a, for a a song to be able to be like taken in by audiences it has to be kind of yeah. filtered I feel like in the sense of like the rhythm, the lyrics, the tempo, what what kind of like layers you have in that same song and things like that and for Bohemian Rhapsody to have this mixture of things, I think that's what made it strong mm -hmm. because, well, everything's a remix, you know, and that song really shows it. I don't know, I'm just, I'm in love <laughs> with oh that my whole God, story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a beautiful story and it's because it pushed a boundary to something that some, that people you know, just it had never. I, you know, you, you can't necessarily blame them because they've never they never heard or were exposed to anything like that before. Um, and um, you know, like there's still old heads out here that you know, ha like didn't even that won't even listen to like rock music because 
you know, it just it they they just never uh, really understood it when it came out in the fifties. You know, I have a story for you I, about this. Tell me, <laughs> please, do, like. Um. Yeah. Okay. Well, first, I'm gonna ask you just real quick. How do you feel about rock music? I mean, I grew up listening to it pretty much, so I feel very strongly and closely with it. Okay. How about screamo? I've recently just kind of started breaching it, like in the last year or so like i mean i've always like i never really had anything against it mm -hmm. but i just never really like listened to it that much i guess but i've been getting more into like punk and different kinds of metal okay. lately so so the reason i ask is because growing up i was this typical person when i came to screamo saying like if anyone ever asked me like how do you feel about screamo i was always like you know, I've really tried and I just can't connect with it. It's just, I can't handle the screaming. You know, I, yeah. it's too loud for me. I don't get right, it. Yeah. The thing was, I don't get it, right? And then as of a few months ago, actually, I forgot what happened. I was in this experience and I got in the car and I was on the highway on the way back and this screamo song came on. But I remember my emotions at the time. I just wanted to scream. And I was thinking in my head, I was like, before the song came out. I was like, yeah, yeah. well, gosh, I'm so overwhelmed with all these feelings of what just happened. Like, I just want to scream and I don't know how to express this thing. And the screaming song came on and I realized why I didn't understand it. And I think it's because screaming, I feel like it's this like <clears throat> way of, it's a little flat <laughs> way of expressing this overwhelming thing that you have inside that you don't know, you want to do it musically, but I mean, you can definitely do it with like indie rock or, mm -hmm. you know, pop or something like that. But this specific genre really gets it out there raw, mm -hmm. like that rawness. It's and intended that, for in, it. Yeah. Yes, that intensity, like that's what was needed for those lyrics in that song. And I was like, I understand. Yeah. <laughs> it took that experience to, to really understand that. Song. Yeah, right. Like exactly. It, it's a lot of people don't really get it because they're not they haven't really like found those emotions to really like associate with it yet like and i'm i'm the same way like i didn't really like find music or listen to music at the time that really like connected with emotions i would feel like if i was angry or if i was just really overwhelmed frustrated i you know i wasn't listening to music at the time when i was like growing up that really like spoke to those emotions that, yeah. that I was feeling and like and music is really kind of like an expression of like how you feel um you know like um that's the whole reason why there's scenes in music you know is because it's sort of collectively minded people that sort of feel or have sort of like a a uh, shared connection with like the particular kind of music or aesthetics that you know they're listening to or that they're wearing um yeah and like i it i feel like if i listen to some of this stuff like now uh like hardcore music and whatnot now it's like when i listen to it i'm finding it like okay i a lot of the music is very like overtly political or it's overtly like dealing with like uh it's critiquing religion, you know, it's critiquing just, uh, it's talking about death, it's talking about the government, it's talking about, 
you know, politics. It's talking about, you know, it's very emotionally charged music because it, it, it speaks to the, the grievances of that we all have based on, you know, the society, based on what society has imposed on us. And, um, you just hit like one point there that I, it was just like, it just struck. Sure, um, yeah. So, you, you know, like how you said, music critiques like political stuff and all that thing, yeah. all that stuff. Um, Halsey, are you familiar with Halsey? Of course, okay. yes. <laughs> you know, the song Without Me that was like really popular. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it kind of still is now, but you know, a little mm. bit ago. Yeah. Um, when I first heard that song, I, I had to hear it twice. Like, she, is she singing about a girl? Wait, no, she's singing about a guy and a girl and like all these things. And to me, it just blew up my world. Um, that was actually the first song I've ever heard, and I don't know if that's sad or amazing, <laughs> about like this public song about a girl singing about a girl. And I was just so like, I don't even know how to explain this feeling. I, it just meant so much to mm -hmm. me, and I and I loved it because I was, I was like, um, you know, because in the last one or two years, I've like um, dived into the LGBTQ plus community and. Um, I've learned so much and I feel like I have so much left to learn still, but I think that that was so important um, to listen to because yeah. it just raised a lot of questions for me and like I was just so happy mm -hmm. that people had this outlet even right. if it's, I mean I have no, I'm so unaware of how many songs there are about, you know, a girl and a girl, but I, I just, um, I think it's a great start. Yeah. At least for people like me that have found this connection with someone else and if it was unexpected or if it was um I don't know it makes you question a lot about like all the hatred that's in the world and mm -hmm. like how you were saying before we're so afraid of what we don't know and makes you self-reflect like were you once that like those kinds of people and like what mm -hmm. changed you or why and stuff like that I just I love so much the, the period that I'm in right now because it's scary and it's so, so different from everything I've ever experienced in it. I don't know. I just, I love that, you know, the learning. Yeah. Yeah. It's you're you're finding a part of yourself that it took you a long time to connect with and you're, you're now doing that and it can be intimidating. Mm -hmm. uh, it can be nerve wracking, but it's also very beautiful and it's very exciting too. Yeah. Um, and, um, and music and you know, really any kinds of art, it can be visual art, it can be a movie, it can be a song or whatever it is, like speaks to you in that way, like in that emotional way that, you know, you can, you can consume it and reflect on it and apply it to yourself. Like, what does this mean to me? Yeah. Um, um, yeah. I think also what what did it for me was because right before that song, you know, we have our typical um, <laughs> rap songs and yeah. other songs that unfortunately a lot of times, um, I don't know if condescends the right word, but just put down a lot of women. And, and I right, know yeah. it's, a, it's they I feel like objectify it's and like, yeah, yeah, yeah. materialize women. Yeah. And, and I remember <laughs> growing up, I was singing these songs, Cyclone and... <laughs> freaking lollipop and like yeah. it was really old songs when yeah. I was little yeah. and I was like so into it and I, I think I loved it a lot for 
the beat mainly, but when I got older and I realized what I was singing, I was like, oh my god, <laughs> I can't believe that I was like really, you know, pushing into that like that direction, not you know, kind of being blind in a way like the difference between that and Halsey, like you kind of take a take a stand, I guess, even if mm -hmm. it's inside yourself and you're like, yeah, this is kind of wrong actually, and these songs yeah. are actually talking about something that's so connected with so many people and yeah. you know yeah. of course yeah. yeah like yeah and there's there's a lot of artists that are doing that now um you know that are bringing visibility to mm -hmm. uh to, you know to pop culture and it's a really really awesome thing um you know kim petrus is a great example you know uh, she's she's trans and she's um but you know but she, I mean, she and she makes great music, you know. And it's like people are listening to her, and and people are also just really identifying mm -hmm. with her, you know. Um, and uh, Lizzo, you know, with mm -hmm. body positivity, you know, like yeah. people are, you know, uh, people are just uh, finding visibility with that, and and seeing that there's representation of various different marginalized communities. So much, so yeah. much, like in the past couple years like definitely yeah I'm so happy about that. oh yeah yeah and on that note um, it was just the other day happy uh, national coming out day um, and on the note of what we're talking about um, you know I'm proud of you for doing so and like to and embracing you know who you are and you know what like how you identify and that's mm -hmm. really and it's awesome that a particularly like a the, the event of you hearing a song that connected with you so much like was so instrumental in helping you get to that point that's like really that's a that's awesome that's like the most beautiful thing i've ever heard <laughs> <laughs> i um si similarly uh um like so like in when i'm watching movies I, like i like to watch movies that are like uh that deal with a lot of troubled youth um probably because i was you know, I felt like I was just, uh, you know, a very, like, uh, out, I was, like, an outlier a lot as a kid. Um, this is, have you seen The Way, Way Back? Mm -hmm. Oh, my yeah. God. It's, it's, I actually just recently saw it, like, a couple months ago. But that movie, like, really, really spoke to me a lot because, like, it's about, so, it's, uh, it's about, like, a kid who is very, like, He's like a teenager and he he's like an he's like hitting puberty like he's like around 12 13 and uh, he's very misunderstood he doesn't like he's very shy and awkward doesn't know how to talk to girls doesn't really have much like concept of himself like at all um, very angsty kid and he doesn't feel like he fits in anywhere and he's um, and like he goes on like this lake house vacation with uh, his family, and he has his mom, who's Tony Collette, and then his stepdad, who's Steve Carell, and his stepdad like alienates him a lot, and is just a fucking asshole to him, mm. and just treats him like shit while he's also cheating on his mom. <laughs> um, wow. Yeah, yeah, but, um, but like I just identified with with the kid so much because I like. Not because of the parent part, but just because I felt so much like how he felt when he was that age, like, 
and he ends up finding like he ends up making friends with uh, like the staff of like this like local water park that he sneaks off to every day, and like he just finds unlikely friends in them, and he starts hanging out there. He starts working there, and he has and like um, and like at the end, like he opens up to like his one of the guys that works at this water park. He like opens up and like. And like breaks down crying, and he's like, I like, like saying that like my stepdad is like really mean to me. He like treats me horribly. Like, why does he like say that? Like, at the the opening quote of the movie is Steve Carell being like, "If I was gonna rate you from a ten, like out of ten, like you you're a three. You're a three out of ten. You need to put yourself out there more, like." you can do a lot better basically and like the kid is like he's just really really upset and it just haunts him and hurt him a lot when like he heard that and then like um he's telling his like lifeguard friend and and his friend says well he clearly just doesn't know you <laughs> like you know like i and he was like i used to be like you too when i was your age like when i was your age and like i had a troubled relationship with my father and like you know like you just have to like you know you can't let what he thinks you know uh define how you feel about yourself and and like i feel like i've struggled with that my whole life you know like struggled with feeling so um you know, defining my worth by what others feel about, how others feel about me, or, you know, sort of feeling outcasted, like, very easily, and, you know, when I was younger, I was really shy, I was really scared, and, like, I also just was really, like, didn't know who I was. Um, I still feel like I'm figuring out who I am, I feel like most people really are, um, but, I, like, I just think... I reflect on that quote, like, that, like, someone who feels that way about you, like, someone who judges you and, like, you know, alienates you, like, they just, they don't know you. And they probably feel that way themselves. Yeah. Honestly. Right. Yeah. And I think about that all the time now, and I'm, like, and, you know, I only watched that movie, like, like I said, a couple months ago, but... I've been just thinking about it, like, a lot of times I'll just think about it, and I just, it just spoke so much to me about how, like, I struggled to fit in, and how I was, you know, I had a lot of insecurities, like, when I was younger, and, I mean, I still have them, you know? Uh, Finding yourself is a very complex journey, yeah. um, and it, there really is, I guess, like, no end to it. I think no. you always surprise yourself too. Like, yeah. Oh, that's part of me. <laughs> right. Oh, I like this. You know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, it turns out I don't like that that much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, Stephanie. Oh. <laughs> Hi. Thank you. <laughs> uh, I had a, this is a really awesome chat. I'm glad we uh, did this. Thank you. I'm I'm glad to be here and that we had that huge conversation and hit so many topics. Talking about place talking about memories talking about imagination talking yeah. about art through emotion yeah, and play and sexuality and yeah. those are two to put weird to put together but yeah yeah <laughs> yeah we we touched on a lot but 
Uh, so tell me, what keeps you up at night, Steph? Oh, man. Um, I think the fear of always not, like, not being as, as much as you can be to other people, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. You know, like not yeah. being the max that you can be yeah. either at work or with other people. Those off days. They, oh, yeah. they they throw me off and I dwell on them a lot. Like I'm not feeling myself today. Can't be around people, you know. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Um, what uh, puts you to sleep though? Um, what puts me to sleep? I think it's always remembering that timelines aren't like linear. Even though that sounds really woo. Yeah. <laughs> timelines aren't linear. You can always take a step back and to move forward. And I don't know. Just you're always changing, so there's no mm -hmm. need to worry about. If you're not the max in one day, right. you know, or some stuff like that. Yeah, of course, <laughs> just taking time for yourself, you know, mm -hmm. taking time for you to figure yourself, things out for yourself, you yep. know, like, <laughs> give yourself a break, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. Thank you Thank for being you. on the show. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for watching, Mr. Nice Guy. We'll see you next time. <laughs>